Blog Talk Radio. Proudly brings to you the best wrestling talk show in the world. The K Dog, Ken Reedy, Diamond, Dave Rosenbluth. This right here is the Ken Reedy Show. Oh, wait. This is my part, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my I I, might just be. I, I, I don't think I can do this as good as. Uh, Sean and Billy, but if you're not down with that, I only got two words for you. I think you did an, an admirable job there. Maybe, maybe honestly better than Billy Gunn and, and HBK. Kudos oh, there. You. <laughs> so you have tuned in to the best wrestling talk out there, Ken Reedy Show. Glad to have you aboard. Just got to put out there, again, and I know I said some stuff last week about this, and and I'm going to say it again. I am humbled and privileged and and honored and all great words to uh, this this month has been our most successful month. And and as we talked about this past Monday, that we had reached 1,000 listens uh, for the month of July uh, as of Monday's show, as of today's show. We're at 1,500 listens, so 500 of you guys are out there listening over the course of this week, which is just absolutely amazing considering last month uh, we had a little over 500 listens, so we had more listens uh, this week, well, almost as many listens this week as we did all of last month, so I thank you for being a part of this. This right here, this isn't just a show. This, This is an experience. This is a movement. We are slowly taking over the airway. We're, we're, we want to hear from you. We're not like all the other shows out there, all that might, might put the kibosh on your opinions, might not let you get your opinion out, might, might make you feel like your opinions don't matter. We want to hear from you. So you 1,500 out there that are listening, that, that are making us like just feel good about doing this show, we want to hear from you, so give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call 
talk about anything in the world of professional wrestling. We want to hear from you because your opinion matters. Thank you so much for listening to us. Again, that number is 347-838-9815. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. As always, the Twitter, we're there on the Twitter, at Ken Reedy Show. And, um, you know, check us out on the KenReedyShow.com. Always got stuff up there. Uh, news to do with uh, wrestling. We just have a poll question up there. Uh, each and every week we change the poll question. And you can listen to the show from there or through Blog Talk Radio. So check us out all over the web. Give us a call. Give us a shout-out on the Facebook. Uh, right now we're going to start the show off in a little bit. We're going to dissect Raw 1000 on the Facebook. If, if you're a little shy... You know, I get it. I want to hear from you. We want you to call in, but if you're a little bit shy, I understand. So you know what? Head on over to the Facebook page. We want to know what you guys thought of Raw 1000. And we also want to know what you think as far as Raw going forward and going to three hours permanent. So uh, let us know what you think about that. Um, again, 347-838-9815. Just a little bit of information to let you guys know about. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody who came out to the Jimmy Hart signing uh, yesterday in Enfield, Connecticut. It was highly successful. Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart doing a signing. And we're proud to be sponsors of a signing coming up this next weekend, August 4th. M&J Collectibles, again in Enfield, Connecticut. Uh, the Ken Reedy Show, proud sponsors of this event. Uh, and I will be there uh, that day, so if you'd like to just come out, I know, you know, you're probably going to come out to meet Matt and Rebby, but if you'd like to meet me, I'll be there as well. And you know what? I'll sign something for for free. So it's win-win to come out to the signing next week, August 4th. Uh, Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky will be doing a signing, and also coming up, M&J Collectibles will be bringing the man they call Bader. September 21st. So check it all out. Check out M&J Collectibles on Facebook for all the information for upcoming signings and what have you. Also, we are very excited to announce that our show is going to be sponsoring or a sponsor of WrestleJam 9 on September 8th. That is WrestleJam 9, the best in independent wrestling. So you want to come out and see that. Uh, Jerry Lynn's going to be on the card, his last match in the state of Connecticut. This is his farewell tour this year. So proud sponsors of this this event in Shelton, Connecticut. So go check out Russell Jam to get all the information. And I am going to be a special guest ring announcer for this event. Very excited about that to get to get between the ropes and to uh, announce the competitors for a contest. Don't know what match I'll be ring announcer for, but I will be a guest ring announcer that night. And we're working on it right now. We don't have all the details, but we're excited because we're working closely with the, the Wrestle Jam folks. And we are going to put together a first-class pass. We don't know exactly what that is going to be, but it's going to be a giveaway. We're going to be right here on the Ken Reedy Show. So you want to listen. You want free tickets to Russell Jam 9 on September 8th. You listen right here. We're, going to, we're looking. We're probably going to give away two passes. They call the first class pass because our pal 
Vladimir First Class Joseph is going to be an integral part of, of this past. Uh, we're probably going to work in a couple of tickets, a photo op, uh, maybe some autographs. Uh, we're going to try and figure out how to make this a really cool uh, package for whomever would want to uh, win it. And we're going to come up with a contest. So keep it right here. At some point between now and September 8th, we're going to be giving away two first-class passes to Wrestle Jam 9. So the Ken Reedy Show is all over the place with all the professional wrestling very excited about the things coming up over the course of the year. And, and you got to keep it here. you got to keep listening because there's so many new and exciting things that we're going to be doing. Uh, you know, and, and, again, thank you guys for listening. And we want to hear from you, 347-838-9815. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to get right into it. We're going to change it up a little bit. We usually save this for the end of the show, but we want to dissect the Raw 1000. And so... Before we get into it, because we're going to hit the poll question, and we're going to talk about some of the segments. Uh, Dave, I'm curious, as a whole, as an entertaining three hours, as a night of television, if you will, Raw 1000, did it succeed? Oh, absolutely. It was very entertaining. Uh, Top to bottom, uh, you had a good mixture of the current crop of talent as well as um, stars from the past, legends, Hall of Famers. Uh, to me, it was must-see TV just for the simple fact it was the thousandth episode of Raw. It was the longest-running episodic television show in, in the history of television, if some of you already didn't know that by now. Um, but be that as it may, I enjoyed the show personally. I thought there were a lot of good things. There was some stuff that you know didn't I didn't really care for too much. But on the whole, it was a good show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it can, do I think... Three hours of Raw every week can be like that? No, absolutely not. But for a celebration for a thousand episodes, I thought they did a pretty damn good job. I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was it was an entertaining show. I mean, some of it was silly. Um, we had the 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 appearance of Hand. Hand was back, uh, and I, I I actually thought that was kind of a cool little moment. AJ saying, "You think I'm crazy." And then uh, the stuff going on in the hallway. Um, I, I agree. I thought it was, a, you know, some goofy moments, but wrestling is goofy at times. Um, a solid three hours. Uh, I, I thought it was, well, paced for the most part. There wasn't anything that dragged. Um, you know, Miz won the IC title, which is awful. and But that was the only negative. <laughs> um Actually, I didn't think that was that was horrible. I've always thought if he Miz mid card, he, he could be uh, could be workable. I just never liked him moving into the main event picture. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was a good three hours. It it, it held my interest. Um, they they did a good job hitting the history as well as facilitating uh, current storylines. We had some stuff happen that uh, maybe didn't expect to happen, uh, but it does raise the question. I mean, when we we're going to get into the poll question, but when I looked at the poll question, you had three hours. It's a three-hour show. And on the poll question, and if you want to vote now, we'll get into it real soon, so get on the KenReadyShow.com and vote. But as far as moments, we had Taker and Kane, the Legend Beatdown Slater, the AJ uh, Daniel Bryan wedding, the DX reunion, Punk's heel turn, The Rock big announcement, and, and the Triple H, Lesnar, Heyman, Stephanie segment. That's a lot of moments 
And they, and I thought they were all solid in their own ways. But, you know, you can't do that week in and week out. I mean, they needed each and every one of those moments to to keep your interest for those three hours. That's a very difficult undertaking uh, going forward uh, to, to try and do this week in and week out. And I think collectively across the board, and I'd love to hear from you if you have a difference of opinion, I, I from what I'm hearing from most fans and, and most people, like the WWE is garnering a, a bit of criticism uh, going to three hours. It's like collectively um, people think they're not going to be able to do it. Uh, people are almost dreading uh, week-to-week three-hour Raws. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to agree. I, I, I mean, I want to hope for the best, obviously. I, wanna, I want to say, yeah, it's going to kick ass. I'm getting an extra hour of wrestling. Um I, I don't know. I, it's You know, when I look at this poll question, I look at all the moments that they had to fill up the three hours. Man, I mean, are they even going to be able to create half as many moments? And if you can't create that many moments, basically what you start doing is stuff that should have lasted 10 minutes, you're stretching to 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, you're adding more recaps. Um, I Again, there's no competition out there, so wrestling going to watch Monday Night Raw each and every week. Um, but I'm still really having my, my doubts going three hours week to week. Dave? I, I mean, I have my doubts, too. You know, we've had those episodes of Raw that we've watched in the past. I was at a three-hour Raw recently in, in uh, Hartford in June where it felt like it dragged. I mean, they, the thing is, first of all, like I've said, I don't like the idea because it takes away the fact that there's the three-hour, you know, there's not going to be any more special three-hour Raws because I used to look forward to those because you knew something semi-big was going to take place on the show. Um, however, um, I mean, I do, like, like you said, I hope for the best. I do have my doubts. They need to have something big, like almost happen every week or, you know, there's rumors that I just read recently to try and sustain, um, you know, more viewers in this three-hour, this new three-hour time slot that they're thinking about doing a weekly legend segment of some sort, um, bringing back some, uh, some some legends that they have under contract to appear on the show, um, because those numbers for Heath Slater's segments in the past month and a half on Raw have sustained very well in WWE's eyes um, when they've had when they've had them going up against legends. Um, so they need something. Um, if that means that, you know, maybe they advertise the World Heavyweight Championship or the WWE Championship to take place on, on Raw every once in a while, not all the time, but every once in a while um, to, to, to garner viewers if they did a, a CM Punk versus, who knows, uh, Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship or, or, or a big match, you know, John Cena versus you know, Triple H in a, in a last man standing match. I mean, they got to do something that's going to be able to, you know, draw the viewers in and keep them for the three hours. What they're doing with social media, it seems like that's what, that's going to be their answer with the tout and the, and, and the Twitter and Facebook and all the other stuff and trying to get the fans more interactive in the show to help, make the three hours more entertaining. I don't know how long that's going to last. I don't know how they're going to do it because they really didn't do anything about it this past Monday. Granted, they were trying to feature as many guys as they possibly could on the 1,000th episode of Raw, but um, 
for those that complain and get upset, I can understand and I agree with you. But at the same time, if something major happens on the show, something that's getting us all talking and and, and it's all over the news feeds and the Internet, you're going to be complaining that there was an, an extra 10, 15 minutes at the end of Monday Night Raw so that you could see what else was going on. So let, let, let's wait to see what happens before we, it actually happens. You know what I mean? Like, let's. Let's just wait and see. If tomorrow night, if it's if it drags, then we know. Then then you form an opinion there. But until then, let's just you know don't 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 count them out just yet. There's there a reason why they're the number one wrestling company, and companies like WCW, who did three hour Monday Nitros, failed. So that's my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of a wait and see attitude but it's just like when you start to think week in and week out when you start to think of it in terms of 52 weeks of new programming each and every week you know maybe this monday will be good maybe even maybe they'll do a solid month of three hours i, I just think over time three hours each and every monday night um gets to be a bit much and there is something to be said for leaving people wanting more you know there's definitely something to be said to uh you know, something, you know, where it ends and you, you wish, you know, I get it, like what you're saying. Like sometimes Raw ends and, and you wish it had, you know, oh, God, I wish they were doing more. But there's something to be said for that to be a positive. For Raw to end and it goes off the air and you're sitting there going, oh, I want more wrestling. Uh, not watching the end of Raw and thinking, oh, God, I'm so glad that's over. Um, so it, it it's tough. I mean, I'm curious where they're going to go with it cuz man if i uh you know if uh you know if i was WWE programming i mean i'd be scared to death if i was part of creative or the production team it's like that's a lot that's a big undertaking again 52 weeks a year there's no off season in wrestling uh that that's a real difficult place to be in uh we're getting some actually uh some instant messages coming in and uh one suggestion we have from KJ Len which I like this suggestion a lot, and we've talked about it before, bring back Piper's Pit. Uh, and that's a segment that, and maybe not even every week, but if they brought Piper's Pit in a couple times a month, maybe every month, the Raw before a pay-per-view to get the main players on, I would love to see Piper's Pit back on a regular basis. Piper can still do that. We don't need to see Piper anymore getting in the ring or doing any sort of Legends matches. Oh, um, please, God. No. No, but it is a segment that you can, you know, a Piper's Pit can go 15, 20 minutes. Piper can do that. Um, he can put matches over. He can give a pay-per-view some value. Uh, he he gets it. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, they've tried so many times to reinvent the wrestling talk show, and Piper's Pit is is where it's at. It's it's it was the best when it was out. I don't think you can look back. I mean, look back on Adrian's Flower Shop or the Snake Pit or uh, you know even um, Edge's show when he had uh, the the rated what the hell did he call it the rated the Cutting Edge the Cutting Edge. I was at the Cutting Edge. Um, you know, you can look at all these talk shows, man. Nobody ever did it better than Piper. Uh, KJ Len writes in and says, bring back Piper's pit. What do you think of that? I think that's a great idea when you're looking to fill up three hours of programming. A Piper's 
it on a more regular basis, to me, that that that's good TV. Yeah, Piper Piper could 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 sustain fifteen minutes, you know, of of, of the viewers' attention. Uh, you know, I I could see that happening. Although I I don't, I'd like to see that happen. I mean, it would help not only just get like the main. You mentioned the main players, but you know, if you put a couple of young guys in there that are, that are they're in, in, engrossed in a feud, and you put them on Piper's pit, the rub from Piper could make that could could make not only that segment good, but just the overall presentation of the character and the gimmick of that particular person in that feud. And let's say, for instance, just for argument's sake, if it was if it was Christian versus the Miz, and they go on Piper's pit and they and they're talking about the Intercontinental Championship. Piper was a former Intercontinental Champion, so right then and there, he's already got something to work with. He could help make that that feud seem more meaningful. I mean, look what he did with the John Cena Wade Barrett thing and the, and the Nexus and and Randy Orton when Cena had to be the referee if he was free, it was the free or fired match. It was that old school Raw, and he talked about the importance of the championship with John Cena and how he shouldn't you know lie down for Barrett and you know or or, or screw Orton out of the belt. I mean, I, I was gonna order the I was gonna go see the pay per view anyways, but if I wanted to stay home and watch it. He he made me order it because of the importance of the championship that he brought up in, in that factor. So that could work, but Roddy Piper, I think, I, I don't think. Uh, I, at the same time, it would be cool, but a guy like Roddy Piper and Piper Spit, that's something that you want to do as like a special occasion, a special attraction. Because if you do it every week, I think eventually they're going to start running out of ideas and it's going to get watered down. I agree. That's why I'm saying that the Monday before a pay-per-view, especially those those Raws before a pay-per-view, have, you know, in recent memory, have become the weaker Raws. It's almost, which I kind of get. I mean, it's almost gotten to the point where, um, you know, we don't want anyone to get hurt. So let's do a lot of video packages, a lot of promos, a lot of story um, going into the pay-per-view. And I get it. I, I mean, you, you need your star attraction to get hurt. Uh, before a pay-per-view. Um, however, it does not make for good TV. Um, you can use a Piper where Piper can do that. Piper can recap a storyline, uh, put a storyline over, and get you excited for a pay-per-view without having to sit through another video package or another replay from last week's Raw, some some garbage like that. Um, so, yeah, maybe like once a month. Once a month, Piper's pit. And and you bring up an excellent point in trying to put over maybe some of the other belts. You know, maybe Piper does a Piper's pit and he doesn't talk about the main event. He talks about an IC match. Uh, you know, that would give that match some validity. Um, he could talk about anything. I mean, Piper's just, he's brilliant. He gets it. So, um, yeah, I like that idea. I think that's a great idea by KJ who just said, you know, bring back Piper's pit. I, I think Dave and I are in agreement. You know, bring it back once a month, once a month, the Monday before the pay per view. Uh, you know, make that the uh, special monthly hit, and I think you really help uh, that Monday night raw. I'd like to give a shout out, and again, we want to hear from you. So give us a call. We're going to dissect the hell at this Monday night raw. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call, and we just got to give a shout out to my boy Justin who uh, shot us an email, and you know what? He just, he listens. He's a fan of the show, and he wanted to let us know. He said, I'm a huge fan of your show. 
You're the man, Ken Reedy. So, Justin, thank you so much for listening. Continue to tune in and, and listen to this great wrestling talk. And if you ever want to give us a buzz, uh, let us know what your thoughts are on the world of professional wrestling. Give Thanks us a call. call you know what? You can just email us. What? Thanks for the call, Slub Justin. <laughs> No, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is that number to call. Let's start off. You know, let's start dissecting this raw and kind of hit the broad scope of what we saw uh, on this Monday Night Raw and keep the Facebook opinions coming. We got Ontario Hewitt who told us the show was really, really good but not great. Um, and he also went on to say still had a couple of meaningless matches, and, and I get him. Uh, so a very good show, but not a great show. Very respectable opinion. Keep those uh, Facebook opinions coming. We'll try and get to all of the opinions. Uh, again, Facebook right now is we're dissecting Raw 1000. What are your thoughts? And three hours going forward, can the WWE do it? So if you're a little shy about getting on the phone, get on the Facebook um, and let us know what you think. So getting into the poll question. We'll start off. First off, Taker Kane, the Legends Beatdown Slater, and the AJ Wedding all garnered zero. Zilch. Zero percent of the vote right there for those three uh, for their favorite moment. Um, interesting. Uh, let, let's go one by one. Your your thoughts on, on Taker's return with uh, the Brothers of Destruction. I mean, it made sense in, in the fact that it was a thousand episodes and you had Undertaker return. He was on the very first episode of Monday Night Raw, um, so it was fitting. Um, having re- he had done a lot of stuff with Kane over the years on Raw, um, fighting together, fighting against each other, you know, back and forth, I love you, I hate you, you know, I'm going to send you to hell kind of thing. So it was fitting that the two of them teamed up and took out a bunch of, you know, young guys and, uh, you know, brought back that memory of, you know, the two of them being dominant on Raw. I would have liked to have seen Undertaker come back and set something up for his next program, which is rumored to be at Survivor Series. Um, He's rumored to be returning at Survivor Series and possibly going on the road from Survivor Series till next year's WrestleMania. So I would like to have seen them maybe plant the seeds for something with him and somebody else, possibly, uh, you know, I mean, Brock Lesnar, I know he was – you know, too busy going up, you know, has stuff going on with Triple H, but um, I would like to have seen something with Undertaker, you know, foreshadowing the future of what he's going to do. You know, he came out, they choked, slammed, they did the tombstone, they, they posed, the lights went out, they blew the fire, all that stuff, and that's great. But I would like to have seen something a little bit more meaningful with Undertaker, but it was still good nonetheless. It was good. It was good to see him. Uh, nothing else. I mean, you're right. You you, you got to have him. Uh, I know there was a big to do, you know, with uh, uh, Stone Cold not being there. So, uh, but you know, Stone Cold came out on Twitter the next day and explained. So, uh, there's certain guys that need to be there, and and Taker definitely falls into that category. Um, you know, I I was glad to see him. He, you know, obviously gets a good pop. I I honestly thought the moment was a bit awkward. Uh, it looked like, I would say ring rust, but it did appear that, that Taker kind of, it, it sucks, I don't even want to say didn't know what they were doing, but it almost seemed like they threw together this this last minute. Uh, even at one point, uh, Kurt Hawkins was dead, 
And then he just started rolling out of the ring, like without. Then Kane kicked someone out of the ring, and take or vice versa, and they went to kick uh, Kurt Hawkins out of the ring, and he was already rolling. Uh, and there were a few times where they were trying to do something uh, in in success, all, all together uh, simultaneously, and they kept looking at each other, like making sure they were in sync. Um, so again, I agree. Like he. he uh, should have been there. Uh, he had to be there. He has to be part of it. It was cool seeing the two of them uh, together. But, um, you know, it just was like, it just didn't work. It, 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 I, it didn't work. It was just, it looked awkward. It looked like they were just kind of off a bit with it. So, I mean, it was a cool moment. Um, surprised well, it didn't get any too. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they those those tricky hoods. He just couldn't get that hood off. They have 45 seconds of staring at Camacho. I, the guy looks like the guy that cuts my next door neighbor's lawn. And, and the whole time, it's like, why do they keep out the, get the camera on him? I'm like, and he's not even like, he's not even like playing up to the fact that he might be scared of this guy. Like, you know, like, well, what's going on? And then I read a report later, like he had trouble getting the damn thing off. Uh, it was that was hilarious. I, I was cracked. It was like, you know, because also, you know, like Taker's just such a. A lofty figure, you know. He's he's so. I mean, all know he's human, but he's the undead. I mean, he's the dead man, man. He's just he's a Taker, and every so often there are these small moments. Like he, Taker became human at that moment. He's like kind of jerking his head around, trying to take the hood off. Um, I was cracking up. Those, those tricky, tricky hoods. It's gonna be great. We're like the next time we see Undertaker, he's gonna go back to the hat. Like screw these hoods. <laughs> they're just they're just too difficult to get off. But even stuff, you know, when they, the, uh, you know, throats lit, where they kept like looking at each other, like trying to make sure they did it in unison. Um, it just seemed weird. Uh, but again, a good moment. Not, I'm surprised it got zero votes. Not surprised it was close to the bottom as far as people's favorite moments. Yeah, I mean. It's you know it, a lot of people expected Undertaker to come back. It was rumored that he was going to come back for this show. Um, they didn't know what his involvement was, but he was going to make an appearance. So I think a lot of people knew he was coming back, especially when Kane came out. Um, and 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 then like all six of those guys showed up. It was like all right, well he's not going to do this alone, and there's only one person he's going to do this with. So you might as well you know let us know now. The Undertaker's going to show. And the funny thing too is like. Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole, they've been working for the company for years. They hear the gong go off, and I was like, oh, my God, what is that? Like, you don't know what that is? Like, he's come out like 18 million times over the past 20-something years, and you don't know that's The Undertaker? Like, give me a break. Like, could it be? Like, like Lawler was saying, like, could it be? Like, oh, somebody's just going to come out with his music, and it's not going to be him. Like, give me a break. You know? <laughs> that, might, that might fool a six-year-old with a John Cena baseball cap on, but it's not going to fool me. <laughs> It's all right. Going back, you know, how long did it take? We were about a half hour in. It took us that long um, that we're finally bashing the commentating. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, also the Legends beat down. Um, Again, I I, got to say, I'm not surprised it's got zero votes. It was cool. It was entertaining. Um, I'm curious why Heath Slater wound up uh, getting this moment. Uh, It was cool to see the Legends come out. Yeah. now it's cool to see Lita off the top rope. Um, not surprising, though, this is close to the bottom. Yeah, no, neither am I. I mean, uh, you know, you, you knew some sort of payoff was going to happen. A lot of people thought maybe that Steve Austin was going to show up and, and, and deliver a stunner to, 
to Heath Slater. Um, I mean, it was fitting, I guess, in the weeks prior that Slater had been, you know, uh, losing to all these guys. Um, what was funny, though, in the segment um, was that uh, everybody in that segment had some sort of involvement with Heath Slater in the prior weeks except for Sergeant Slaughter. I was like, does Slaughter have something in his contract where he's got to appear on, like, every special episode of Raw? Does he, like, have, like, naked pictures of Vince or something? Like, I'm not sure because he was out there, and I was like, wait a minute. I watch Raw every week, and he was not on with Slater. And then the other funny thing, too, was they get the two oldest and and, and, and probably immobile individuals to, to throw Slater in the ring. I mean, Sid looked like he was running, like like he was running to the bathroom. And Vader is just huge, and they they, they had both of them run down the ramp to throw Slater in the ring. I was like, yeah. I was like, this looks so bad. I mean, it, everything else was good, and then DDP like hocked the camera the whole time, you know, when he was in the ring. He really did. Uh, he, he was he was trying to hock he was trying to hock his uh, his yoga business he's got going on. I mean, it was okay, you know. You expect that's another thing you expected to happen. So I'm not surprised that it was at the bottom with Undertaker and Kane, but and it's fun. I mean, look, I, I got a lot of respect for DDP, and DDP's done a lot for himself with the yoga thing and everything, and he's in tremendous shape, honestly. Out of out of all the veterans out there, you know, that, that guy still might be able to go. Um, but to be honest, with you, I don't I don't need to see DDP on Raw 1000. He doesn't hold a special place in, in the history of the WWE. Uh, to me. I, you know, he's a he's a WCW guy. So, I, you know, and he was trying to, like, you know, you could tell, like, all the turns are in the ring, and he's like, where's the camera? Where's the camera? Buy YRG! Buy YRG! <laughs> uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I almost rather, like, it would have been easier if, like, when the legends started walking down the ramp, if, if Heath just turned and ran back into the ring to, like, get away from them, uh, as opposed to them having to grab him. Because, uh, again, it was another... Awkward moment, um, you know that that whole sequence. Uh, surprisingly enough, uh, the uh, this surprising that it was this far down on the list and it got zero votes. Uh, the wedding, and you know we talked about this before the show, and I think we're all in agreement. Uh, the wedding, uh, the whole sequence, this payoff for everything. I mean, let's face it. Look, AJ has been involved. She was involved in the World Heavyweight Championship match uh, in a way at WrestleMania. The the relationship between her and Daniel Bryan uh, was an integral part of, of coming out of that match and, and why Daniel Bryan lost that match. She was an integral part of the, the WWE Championship feud. She was a special guest referee. She was dominating uh, Raw's. Um, it was a... a a lot, the most we've seen out of any sort of any woman uh, in quite some time. Uh, aside, really, from Slick, uh, who is tremendous, I, I thought the payoff was weak. I, I was not impressed how it, it just didn't didn't make sense to me. Honestly, not so much saying it was weak. Just, I, I don't know. It was just kind of yeah. I I, I do, but not to you to. Vince, who's making me GM, it just—it it didn't make any sense to me. It, it just like do people do that at weddings? You know, like I do, but not to you. To actually, at my job, I'm up for a promotion, and I'm—I'm I'm saying yes to my promotion here in the church at the wedding. Not to you, 
who I'm supposed to be marrying now. It just it, it, it didn't make sense at all. I mean, maybe they could have made it flow a little better if, like, they had a backstage vignette. Uh, they had at least uh, AJ talking to Vince at some point. Um, if they even made Vince, like, the best man or something like that so he was out there. I just... I thought the payoff was weak. I, I have my doubts about AJ as the GM, and it, it just didn't make sense to me. Uh, your thoughts on the wedding? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place for me. Um, well, first off, you know, they showed Daniel Bryan in the backstage area with a couple of guys in, like, white outfits, like they were, like, orderlies from, like, an insane asylum. So my first You're thought right, was, and I didn't, I didn't know who they were. Yeah, for, uh, first of all, I, 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 when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, maybe he's, they need that, that, Lawler was like, oh, are these his groomsmen? I'm like, are these his groomsmen? Like, do you see him wearing, t- you know, a, a bow tie and got corsages? In? I mean, come on, give me a break, you know? Like, that, another thing with the commentary, I'll get into that later, but, you know, they showed those guys, and the first thing I thought was, okay, well, they're going to try and stop Kane, because Kane's had a history of, if you remember, when Kane was in the corporation and Vince put him in the loony bin and he used to threaten to throw him back in the loony bin with these orderlies, you know, coming after him. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe Kane's going to crash the wedding because he's crashed a few weddings before. And then the other thing, too, was everybody seemed to expect something to happen at this wedding that I didn't really care for. All weddings in wrestling, something always happens. There's never a wedding that goes off without a hitch. Kane's interfered in a wedding before. The most famous one was when Triple H announced that he was already married to Stephanie. You know, that was my favorite one. Probably the, the you know, the, the the most favorite one I have on the list. It just didn't seem, and then like you said, like you said, you know, like with, with the whole not making sense about turning her into the general manager. What was Vince's decision behind turning, turning her into the general manager? And I didn't know Vince could make these decisions because I thought the board told him he had to step down <laughs> from active duties. So, I don't get. I just didn't get all that. I didn't. I didn't see it. But at the same time, I thought to myself, "Well, he did all these hurtful things to her. He dumped her after WrestleMania. He put her through crap. That's how she turned into this crazy bitch. So she's got to do something to get back at him. She's not going to say I do. Something's going to happen. I just didn't think this was going to happen. It kind of threw me for a loop a little bit. But at the same time. We'll see what happens and how she fits into this storyline as being the GM. But I didn't really care for it. The only thing I liked was was Slick, um, and uh, his uh, you know his uh, his sermon uh, for for the wedding. So um, it did it did not get a hit for me. I said marriage, marriage. I said marriage. Slick was amazing. Why is it like these? All these like veterans can talk. Man, these these guys like like gotta bring them back. Gotta bring back the managers. Like, I mean, like like just that segment. Like, Slick could put someone over right now. Someone who can't talk. Yeah, that was the only thing. I, I mean, I thought the wedding, if they had something backstage, just so, even if they had like Vince and AJ talking, and Vince just looks at AJ and says, "Tonight's a very special night for you. Uh, it's a big deal, you know, what's happening tonight," and uh, you know. She, you know, and he says congratulations, and AJ looks and says, "Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you, you being here for this." You know, something like that. So at least there's like, at least a hint that that something could happen. Um, so you keep it vague, and everyone thinks they're actually talking about the marriage, but they were talking about the GM job. Uh, something to make it make sense. It just to me, it was just bad writing. 
that period. You know, it, that, that's all it was. It was just uh, it was something that just really didn't make sense. It was almost and something when you look at things like when you look at a last minute kind of fill, like it almost like uh, that. You know, five minutes to the hour, like someone looked at their their watch, like shit, we didn't figure out who's going to be the new GM. Quick, the, the, yeah, oh, I think let's, let's right. do I this. I think they tried to kill two birds with one stone in that respect, you know. And 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 you know, okay, we're not gonna, we don't know who the new GM is going to be, but there needs to be a payoff with this wedding angle. Oh, I got it. Guess what? I'm a genius. We, here's what we can do, you know. Like, and then they all stand up in the in, in the in the boardroom and are like, "Great idea, great idea. Let's go with it," you know. I didn't I didn't think that was the the, the smartest choice to make her the GM, but so as we know, hit the as we hit the bottom of the poll questions, those three. Uh, segments, moments on, on Raw 1000 garner 0% of the votes. We're going to keep going with each segment, but right now we're going to go out to the phones. Patience as always. Tony, are you there? Yep, I'm here, guys. How are you? Doing all right. How are you doing? Thanks for holding on. Uh, as far as Raw 1000, uh, the different moments and segments, uh, what did you think of the show? Overall, I actually thought I thought it was it was entertaining, you know, with the you know being with the having the legends and all of the nostalgiacs on there. I I actually enjoyed it, you know, as you were just talking about. It, Slick was was like, um, uh, he, he he was he was he was hilarious. I I, I popped huge when when he came out, you know, it was just like his whole you know, his whole uh, speech there, you know, when he was uh, like that. That was the best part of that of that uh, of that segment. That might have been my favorite part of the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, I love the switch. I mean, that was one of those things where we were watching out at a bar, and probably more than anything, because it's it's interesting we watch it out. Uh, you know, we have some wrestling fans that are coming down, and anyone's interested. You know, every Monday night we watch uh, Monday Night Raw at the Pepper Mill South in Congress, New York, uh, the Ken Reedy Show Raw Night. So come on down if you're in the Congress area. Um, but it's interesting because we have some wrestling fans, obviously, that come by to watch the show, and we have some non-wrestling fans because it's not like we're renting out the place and kicking people out if they hate wrestling. So it's interesting that the segments that draw people in and the segments that don't. And honestly, Slick's segment was one of those things that the non-wrestling fans actually got into. As soon as Slick started talking, you could tell like the conversations at the bar actually stopped. And people were actually watching what was going on on TV. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. It was it was a fun moment. Uh, Slick was just tremendous. Yeah, like I said, I love seeing him. You know, he came, he came out. You know, when um, yeah, it was just great. You know, with the with the whole like when you the marriages, the marriages, you know, oh, I was cracking up. But um, even the, the rest of that though, as far you know, it's like AJ is the GM was just like. That that I I was not expecting. Um, it was just like didn't make you know like, like you guys were saying it didn't make any sense either. It was just like went went. <laughs> it was just, you know it's like this whole thing with you know the whole thing with Daniel Bryan and AJ going on for like the last like since WrestleMania and then you know it's like I felt like maybe like you know, like CM Punk and Kane would both show up or something you know during this thing. But um you know then like Vince comes in and says that AJ is the GM. I'm just like. You know, it was kind of like it, it, it was. It seemed, it seemed kind of like you know, it was like they had a good storyline going. It was like one of those, you know, it was like they got something, they got something going here, and they weren't really sure what to do with with the. You know, they didn't have a payoff in mind yet, so they, like you said, they just they just kind of threw that together. Um, but even like AJ as a GM, I don't know. It's again, you know, it's like they're really high on AJ right now, and it's just like 
I hope they don't, you know, I mean, I mean I'm a fan of verse too, but I just hope they don't, you know, they don't do what they usually do, and that's, you know, it's like once when, when Vince gets behind someone in there, you know, that they push whoever it is, you know, it's like they just they just go in overkill mode and, you know, just run, run them into the ground and just make us sick of it. Yeah, you bring up a good point. It, it almost seems like, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up an excellent point, that they didn't account for AJ's popularity. Uh, they they kind of saw her as a an arm piece for uh, Daniel Bryan, and you know every week she was getting a little more popular, a little more popular, and then they it was almost like crap. What do we do with her? We we gotta capitalize on you know how hot she is right now, and they went the way of of GM, which I don't know. Like more yeah. and more, like like Dave said earlier, and then you brought up Kane. I mean, and there is obviously a relationship history with Kane. Um, you know, she just ran off with Kane, and Kane broke up the wedding. Uh, you know, they could have almost made that work. They, they just, I, I don't know, it just didn't, the writing of this just didn't make sense at, at all to me. And like you said, Dave, I mean, weddings have to, um, you know, they have to end badly. They're, they're never going to end. It's a wrestling wedding, so... It was not going to end with the two of them actually getting married and and nothing going off, with, you know, it going off without a hitch. Um, but the 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 bad thing is also, or the good thing, or however you want to look at it, she she can wrestle too. And to me, it would have made more sense to kind of take her popularity and move her into some sort of program for the diva title, uh, which would would give the the diva champion. Maybe a little more notoriety, a little more popularity, little, you know, just to matter a little bit more. Um, they kind of dropped the ball, I think, with with the AJ thing. But Tony, what was your uh, what was your favorite moment of the night? Uh, the best part I probably I, I liked was when uh, right after that that whole segment when uh, CM Punk and The Rock came out. You know, when The Rock cut his promo and he said that you know when he was. Was it there at the end of the show? I forget where it was, where he said he was going to be challenging for the WWE belt at the Rumble. Um, it was know, at yeah, that he, moment. It was at that moment. Okay, so yeah, when he came out and then he, he you know, he gave Daniel Bryan the rock bottom and then he stared off with Punk or whatever. That was that was probably the best part of the show for me. I thought, um, you know, even I, I thought the end was good too. And you know, we finally have a Money in the Bank uh, cash in that uh, didn't win the belt. Yeah, yeah I thought it was cool, and, and I still think there are people in the WWE that are listening to this show, because I, I think Dave brought it up first, but we talked about it a few times on the show, that John Cena could be the first to uh, cash in and, and not be successful. Um, so, yeah. obviously, I, I mean, I think it's more than obvious that they are stealing their ideas for their shows from this show right here. So, I, you know, I guess you're welcome, WWE creative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tony, I got to tell you, and, and just so you know, Tony is a religious caller. He calls us uh, each and every, um, and he is our masterful blogger. He blogs all the shows. Uh, gaining some popularity uh, on the Ken Reedy show, we had a, a post where uh, someone wrote, we need more Tony V. And uh, <laughs> a comment after that, just uh, Tony, Tony, Tony. So I think it's supposed to be more of a chanting your name as opposed to the band Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, but yeah, so uh, Tony is the best blogger in the business. So if you miss anything during the week in the world of pro wrestling, 
as as Davis had, you know, technology at times is not our friend, and sometimes the DVR will crap out. Check out Tony's blog, the most comprehensive recap in the business. Does it each and every show? KenReadyShow.com, usually posted the day after the show. Tony, pleasure as always. Thanks for calling in. We'll hear from you next week. Oh, absolutely. And if the fan, you know, you want the fans or the viewers, you know, you want more, one more me. You got it. <laughs> thanks. I like having you. Good blog, and thanks a lot for the call, Tony. Oh, absolutely. I love calling. In. Oh, Tony bringing up a lot of good points. We're going to go back out to the, the call because the J from M&J Collectibles is on the line, and uh, he is calling in right now. John, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Ken? Doing all right. What do you got for tonight? I just want to let you know, uh, I don't know if you got my email or not. Uh, we're going to, we have support you being a sponsor with us at M&J Collectibles and T-Zone Sports. And we're looking forward to having you and the crew down uh, this Saturday from, uh, you know, in this af- Saturday afternoon for uh, Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky signing. And uh, I just want to let you know that you're welcome to give away two free VIP meet-and-greet passes, which uh, the two fans that you pick that call in or you want to have them answer a question or whatever you want to do, however you do it, uh, we'll meet Matt and Rebby, before anyone else does, will get a special signed uh, 11 by 17 and uh, a couple 8 by 10s, and we'll get their photo taken with them. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, John is giving us a uh, a special VIP package to give away. That is for next week, so you got to be able to make it. Uh, can you give us the, the address of the, the signing? Oh, yeah, it's the Enfield Square. 90 Elm Street, Enfield, Connecticut. And uh, if you want, you can go to uh, my Facebook at M&J Collectibles. And also, I don't know, uh, you have a minute, I could just run off a couple more. Uh, we just signed a couple more deals uh, since last week. Sure, go right uh, ahead. All right, well, we have Saturday, August 4th, Matt and Rebbe at Enfield, Connecticut. Friday, September 14th, I just signed a deal to lock Demolition Axe and Smash. And the Powers of Pain, Barbarian, and the Warlord, all together for a signing at the. And also, I have the Goon and the AAA uh, High Flyer Samurai Del Sol. I don't know if you've uh, seen his work, but he's uh, almost like a Rey Mysterio Shin Cara together. Have you ever seen him in action? I have not, but I'll take your word for it. David, you seen him? Rawway, Rawway Rec Center in Rawway, New Jersey. September 21st, we're also going to have Vader, Enfield, Connecticut, Enfield Square, 90 Elm Street, Enfield, Connecticut. And then on the 22nd, that big show in Fishkill, New York, I signed Vader uh, with also Hogan's going to be there. They just signed Roddy Piper to be there. Um, Jerry Jerry Lawler, you know, Lita, Matt Hardy, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people there. And we just finished the contract against uh, with Vader and Harley Race together at the Monroe, New Jersey Legends of the Ring uh, convention. And they're doing a special uh, photo op. They haven't been together in almost 20 years. Wow, so that's really cool. you got a lot of uh, legends, um, a lot oh, of yeah. people that true wrestling fans would love to, to meet, take pictures with, get autographs with. Uh, giving us a lot of information. So, again, it's M&J Collectibles on Facebook. If we get the whole uh, the whole schedule. If our listeners, uh, you know, 
didn't write it all down, uh, where where is the best way to to find your schedule? You can go to uh, www.mandjcollectibles.weebly.com slash schedule. Okay, very so cool, that's... John. I, I, thanks so much for the call. Looking forward to seeing you next week uh, in Connecticut yeah, we... for the Matt and Rebby signing. Looking forward to it. And uh, I just got off the phone with uh, Maria Canellis, and we're trying to work something out with her for the Enfield Square the week after uh, Vader's in town. So uh, we're, we're trying to pick up some divas uh, to add to some of the signings. Nice, I'll very get you cool. uh, a couple of links, and uh, you can put them on your website if that's cool. And uh, fine, yes, yeah, so, uh, email them down, and I'll get them on the website. Uh, I can put them on the Facebook also as well. So, John, thanks a lot for the phone call, and we'll, hey, I got, uh, we'll I get. I got away. one more thing. If you got a minute, yeah, sure, go ahead. You were talking about the one thousandth raw. You know what? Yeah. I I I was a little, uh, you know, uh, ups- not upset, but just uh, you know about. They didn't put like a. They they wasted 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes was on DX. They could have made DX 20 minutes and maybe did uh, a tribute to all the wrestlers from the first Raw to the to the to the 99, you know, 999 Raw that have passed. You know, and just done like an eight minute video or a 10 minute video to let people. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, I haven't heard that uh, said. Um... It really is a, an excellent point uh, for all the wrestlers that have passed on um, on a night such as that, where it's a celebration of, of the history. Um, agree, the DX segment could have gone a bit shorter, and it would have been a nice tribute to the wrestlers who, who have passed on. Uh, didn't think of that at all. So, John, that was an excellent point. Uh, Dave, your thoughts on that? No, that 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 would be that would have been nice. I would have liked to have uh, seen something like that. Pay respects to uh, some of the guys that passed, but there's only so much time on television, and uh, you know, for the audience that currently watches now, it's you know, it's garnered toward more toward a a younger audience. Um, I don't think it really would have made much of a difference to the younger audience. To guys like us, yeah, absolutely, that would have been cool. But uh, to the to the younger audience, I don't think they really would have uh, really would have mattered to them, unfortunately. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen it, though. It's a good point. Um, so, again, John, uh, thanks for the call. We're going to we're gonna give those VIP. we got two VIP passes uh, to give away, uh, figure out how we're going to give that away. But we'll be giving that away at some point on the show. So, John, thanks a lot for the call. We'll see you next week at the signing. You got it. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up, man. Thanks. Take it easy. So the J of M&J Collectibles calling in, and you know, this this show, it's just things happen here, you know? You never know what's going to come out of nowhere, and we've got two VIP packages to give away for Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky next week in Enfield, Connecticut, and I don't have a clue how I want to give them away. Dave, what do you think? Should we uh, we could we could say like the next person to call in. We could say the we could have a, tri- a trivia question. We could just say the you know first two callers after the break. Maybe what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how we could do it. God, I mean, that's the uh, that was a that was a that was a that's, this is what live radio is, people. Bob <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm stuttering right now. I'm going over my words. I can't even 
can't even think how I'm going to do this or how we're going to do it. Uh, I mean, ball's in your court, boss. If you want to, you know, ask him a trivia question um, or if you just want to take – maybe we'll take the next caller. Um Whatever. I mean, <laughs> we're live, so <laughs> exactly. Let's, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna go and, and you know, we'll, hopefully we get callers. I'm going. We're gonna we're gonna break a couple minutes. So we're gonna do uh, the news break. Uh, you know, we got some commercial stuff and uh, the news break. I, I'm gonna take the first two callers after the break. So the first two callers to call in. Um, I'll give you. You know, I have a point. Too. I mean, you know, we don't have to just give away the stuff and, uh, um, you know, let you go if you have something you want to say. But I'll give away the first two callers, and here's how we'll do it. Because you know, it's not like I have like a real radio sh- station here. So the first two callers to call in, you guys get the the special Matt and Rebby VIP tickets. Once I, I, you know, that you you've won, uh, give me your name, and uh, we'll get you on. The VIP list. I'll give. I'll email John the two names uh, that get the VIP packages. So you're just you're on the list because there's not going to be any tickets to mail out or anything. So I need to take your address. Just call in, give me your name. I'll get your names to, to John so you can get your VIP package. So the first two callers coming out of the break. Not only do you get the honor and privilege to be on the show live on the best in pro wrestling talk with myself and Dave. But also, you will win a VIP package, which includes autographed pictures, photo op with Matt Hardy and Rebby Sky, a.k.a. Sky Hard. Um, so it seems cool. You know, I like it. Thank you to M&J Collectibles. Uh, make sure you check out their website and their Facebook, um, you know, to, to find out their whole schedule. Because they got a lot of a lot of neat things coming up and. It's cool, man. I mean, the one thing that's awesome about wrestling is, man, these legends are pretty accessible. They're out there, and if you're a, if you love the the game, if you if you love wrestling, um, you know, get out there and meet these guys because you know, unfortunately, they're not all they're not going to be here forever. Um, and and it really, when you, when you get to meet some of these guys, you know, uh, like recently when I got to meet Bobby the Brain Heenan, I mean, you feel like you're meeting history. You're you're shaking hands with history, and uh, to be able to meet like a you know, a Matt Hardy or, a, you know, a Harley Race or Vader, uh, you know, Maria being worked on with M&J. Um, you know, it, that's just like, it's great stuff as a fan, you know, and it, it's pretty affordable. And you know what? Even if it's too expensive for you, you got a chance to win a free VIP package right here on the Ken Reedy Show. So call in. 347-838-9815 is the number to call for two callers coming out of our break. We will give you the VIP treatment August 4th. Make sure you can make it. It's next weekend, August 4th in Enfield, Connecticut. You will get the VIP package. So we're going to take a break shortly. Coming after the break, we're going to continue to dissect Raw 1000. We're going to keep hitting the poll. Uh, see who came in and, and the top spot. You can still go over to the com and vote. Uh, maybe the results will change coming out of the break. We'll dissect the Raw 1000. We'll hit a little TNA talk. And as always, we'll hit our nod of approval coming out of the break. So we will be back after this short break. 
Attention wrestling fans, MJ Collectibles, the T-Zone, Sports, and the KenReedyShow.com, and the Top Rope presents WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Hart, Saturday, July 28th from 5 to 7 at the Enfield Square. An ex-WWE TNA star, Matt Hardy, with Revy Sky, Saturday, August 4th, 2 to 5 p.m. at the Enfield Square, 90 Elm Street, Enfield, Connecticut. For more information, dial 860-756-6522 or 860-741-6227. Involves former World Heavyweight Champion and WWE Superstar, The Great Khali. ABCNews.com reported this week that The Great Khali had surgery to remove a tumor from his pituitary gland in his brain. The report notes that Khali's acromegaly was found during a WWE wellness policy test, and officials along with Khali decided he should go in for surgery. While the procedure was was a success, the report states that Kali could experience future health conditions if the tumor came in contact with optic nerves. Kali is expected to be back in action within the next two to three months. It's been TNA News this week. Velvet Sky has confirmed on her Twitter, at Velvel Holler, that she was granted her release from TNA this past week. Thursday, her profile was removed and placed back on the Superstars page of TNA's website on multiple occasions, heating up the rumor mill that her departure had taken place. Rumors of TNA officials asking talents to restructure their their current contract could offend her reason for leaving at this time, but that is unknown. However, on a personal note, I had spoken with Velvet at a mutual friend's gathering in December, and the vibe I got from her that her days were numbered in the organization and that she wanted out and ready to move forward in her career. In some related news, two veteran stars on the TNA roster are rumored to be possibly leaving when their current contracts expire. Those two stars are Devon and Bully Ray. That rumor I mentioned about officials wanting talent to restructure their, con- their, their current deals has caused somewhat of a stir in the locker room that could potentially send these veterans out of the organization. More on this story as it develops. Jim Ross revealed this week on his blog, on his weekly blog, that both Stone Cold Steve Austin and 2012 WWE Hall of Famer Iron Mike Tyson will be making an appearance at a THQ video game function in Los Angeles, California, the night before SummerSlam on August 18th. News of this could lead to the rumors of both individuals' involvement at the pay-per-view, but no word as of yet if Austin or Tyson will be participating at SummerSlam. And in our final story of the week, a follow-up story to something I reported a few weeks back, Dragon Gate USA star Johnny Gargano was on the radar of WWE once his current contract expired at the end of this week. After last night's internet pay-per-view, Gargano announced he would be staying with the company after all. He stated that his interest waned after his stepfather, Walt Klasinski, was released from prison after serving six months. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Turn down a job so you can hang out with your incarcerated father. Anyhow, I'm proud to announce that on September 8th, the Ken Reedy Show proudly sponsors Wrestle Jam from Shelton, Connecticut. You will see first class Vladimir Joseph on the card, as well as former ECW World Heavyweight Champion Jerry Lynn making his final appearance in the state of Connecticut. And our own Ken Reedy 
will be a special guest ring announcer. I'm also proud to announce T-Zones, M&J Collectibles, and the Ken Reedy Show present former WWE and TNA star and one half of the Hardy Boys, Matt Hardy, with Rebby Sky appearing at Enfield Square in Enfield, Connecticut from 2 to 5 p.m. on August 4th. For more information, dial 860-756-6522 or 860-741-6227. There you have it. That is the Dave Five Report on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Thank you, Dave, for that news report. Good stuff. All these. (laughs) Just trying my newscaster voice. And that's the news. Thanks, Dave. Kicking it back to the studio and in other news. Uh, um, <laughs> it's amazing. How do I not have a job in radio? You hear that voice? Years of practice and training to get down that newscaster voice. That and voice is just a so, job. <laughs> if you're just tuning in to us, we are running a contest. Yeah, that's right. Woo, yeah, a contest. Um, call us up, 347-838-9815. The number is 347-838-9815. Get your calls in. We want to hear from you. And if you're just tuning in, next two callers get a free VIP package to uh, Matt Hawk and Rebby Sky signing uh, photo ops, autograph pictures. You're going to get it for free. If you call on the next two callers, you will get the VIP package. Uh, remember, you have to be able to make it. Next weekend, August 4th is uh, the date. Uh, Enfield, Connecticut. So you know, if you're if you're in California, you know, call us and talk. But if you can't make it, you know, uh, we'd rather give it to someone who definitely can get there. So uh, give us a call. Next two callers: three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. If if we don't get callers that uh, can take the tickets, uh, we'll run the contest on Facebook in some way, shape, or form. Give away two VIP packages. We are talking about. Pro Wrestling and Raw 1000. The 1,000th episode of Raw. Was it good? Was it bad? Uh, we want to hear from you. What would you think? That is dominating the show uh, this week. So moving right along, we hit uh, Taker, our poll question on the KenRedyShow.com. Was, what was your favorite moment of Raw 1000? We hit the bottom of the list. Taker Kane, the legends beating Slater down in the A.J. Bryan wedding. All got zero percent of the vote so you guys did not like those segments we're moving on tied for uh let's see first place second place so i guess they tied for third place was the dx reunion and punk's heel turn um interesting because i they played seven percent of the vote um kind of thought i actually thought punk's heel turn would have been a little higher on on the list uh, but let's start with the DX reunion. And didn't think of it. Um, John, in referencing his call, I did think that was an excellent point. They could have cut down the DX segment and put in some sort of memorial. Uh, that would have made sense. I thought the DX segment was entertaining at times. But, yeah, it did go on a bit long. And it kind of reminded me of... You know, if you guys out there, you know, maybe a little bit older, if you've gone to like your high school reunion, 
and you're sitting in your high school reunion, and you have some of the people that go to the reunion are, are well-adjusted adults that have moved past their high school career and are, are just, you know, happily employed, happy with their lives. But there's always someone or a couple of guys that are at their high school reunion that still think they're captain football team, that still think they're kind of the jocks, that still think they're the cock of the walk, if you will. That still, you know, look in the mirror and see that popular high school class president guy. There are moments during the DX reunion where it's like, wow, they're kind of all looking like pathetic old men. Um, I, you know, and I, I... I know he's had his issues. I, I X Pac did not look good. X Pac kind of looked pregnant. Um, I, I did think it was funny that uh, Triple H referenced everyone's hairline. Um, um, it was good to see everybody, but uh, you know, maybe aside from, I guess maybe Triple H and uh, maybe Billy Gunn, uh, group hasn't aged too well. <laughs> your your thoughts. Well, that, that that that's why they're DX. I guess they ran a while a little too long, especially Shawn Michaels. His, his voice was horsey. He had trouble talking um, throughout it. And, uh, and, you know, like you said, X-Pac. And, you know, and the, the, five, the five o'clock shadow does not help Shawn Michaels. The, the sprinkling of gray really just, you know, I, I think it would serve him better to go like the cleanly shaven, especially if he's doing the DX thing. Yeah, I mean, I... I it was like you said. It was entertaining at times. Here's here's an interesting point. You know, my personal view on it. Um, when DX was around years ago, I mean, I liked the original incarnation with Sean and Hunter when it first started because it was cutting edge. It was cool. And, you know, I was a teenager, so it was you know, it, it was it was the the it was the NWO but turned up like way higher, but just with like two or three people. And then when Sean had to retire. Um, because of his back, and Hunter brought in X-Pac. I was like, okay, it makes sense. They're buddies, and, you know, they brought in the Outlaws. They're kind of a DX. They kind of fit that mold. I was like, this is cool. I like it. I st- I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan. I-, I wanted to see Shawn with them as, like, a manager of that group at that time and have the five of them run wild because I never cared for China. I thought I didn't think she brought anything to the group. She just stood there. She I didn't believe in the fact that she was a female bodyguard and, and you know, Triple H, as big as he was and is, still is, I didn't think he needed protection from a woman. But um, I liked, I, I, that's what I wanted to see 15 years ago was the five of them together. I got to see it all in the same ring at the same time on Monday. It was cool. It lasted, and I thought it was I thought it was good that Damian Sandow got a little bit of a rub from being in the ring with them. Um, it it kind of helps him a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, it was like a it was like a high school reunion of sorts where these guys, you know, still think that you know that 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 they that they run the hallways. Um, but. Um, and, and I thought, to be honest with you, that we were going to see, like, a lot more of them, like, a lot more of DX, like, sprinkled out throughout the show. I'm glad it was that segment. And then the other segment with uh, Trish Stratus, when they caught And that's a man. X-Pac X- was downright creepy in that. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? He looked like this. He, <laughs> he looked like the situation from the Jersey Shore creeping on Trish Stratus. And you could see, like, I, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to happen or if, you know, 
he saw the red light on the camera and figured, well, I need to get some face time because he didn't really get a whole lot of face time in the ring. He ran around, he pointed to his nutsack about 45 times in the 20 minutes. <laughs> he didn't even get to talk. Everybody else got to talk. He didn't get to talk, and I could understand why because you give him a live microphone, you never know what's going to happen. So um, putting him, you know, in, in – uh, Eliminating his uh, his his uh, involvement was good until you got to that point where with Trish Stratus, and then uh, you know he kind of creeped her out. But all in all, it was okay to me. Like I said, I would have liked to have seen you know uh, that happen 15 years ago. But um, we got it on Monday. It was cool. It it, it, it garnered a reaction from the crowd. They sold more T-shirts that night. You know, you got to sell the T-shirts, you know. I mean, especially for, you know, two guys. You're not on the active roster anymore. So, it was okay with me. Yeah, it was It was weird, though, because, I mean, I, I think Trish Stratus genuinely looked creeped out. I don't think she's a good enough actress, actually. Like, I, I think she was, like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with John. I, I I thought they could have cut it a bit. Uh, it could have been a little bit shorter. Um, I had always, I mean, I liked seeing guys back because I'm one of those people. I, I always thought DX was more entertaining uh, without Shawn Michaels. Uh, when when Michaels left and they went to the DX army, uh, I liked that incarnation of DX better than when it was just uh, Michaels, Triple H, and China. So it was good seeing the guys back. Um, like I said, I mean, Road Dog and X-Pac have not really aged well. Um, the one thing that I, it just has bugged me every time they've gone back to DX with Michaels is the born-again Christian stuff. So he's, you know, it's like he's DX, but he's sort of DX, and he's got to play. And that it, it, it just kind of, I don't know, to me, like, Michaels just gets way too goofy when he's doing the, the DX thing. Um, yeah. But it was entertaining. It was good to see everyone back. I, I'm... I guess because of the Monday Night Wars and it being raw, I'm, and Triple H is in charge of everything. Like that's why it opened the show. Um, I'd be curious if Stone Cold was available. Uh, if that still would have opened the show, or they done uh, something different. Um, but you're right. You know, it was just a, you know, maybe a little long. But thank God they didn't, uh, you know, kill the show with uh, too much DX. What I'm surprised with is that Punk's turn came here. Um, I can see the DX reunion being low on, on the, the totem pole because it was, it, there wasn't much to it. it. It was what it was. You got to see the old guy, but uh, that's it. Um, Punk's turn is something current. I mean, CM Punk is current. Uh, it's it's going to affect storyline now. Uh, it's, it's, it's important. Um, I was surprised that didn't garner more votes. Um, and I, I'd like to hear your take on this because the interesting thing is Again, the commentators and everything, you know, they he clotheslines Rock, which, which like, I mean, talk about oversell. I mean, The Rock, like, he got hit by a truck. You know, 190-pound <laughs> CM Punk hits him with a clothesline, and it looks like he got smacked in the back of the head with a baseball bat. But that being said, um, announcers, like, acting like, you know, this, this shocking thing that CM Punk clotheslined The Rock um, – CM Punk was not real supportive of The Rock the whole sequence when it was Rock Cena going into WrestleMania, uh, referring to him as Dwayne, uh, you know, never really you know, being on The Rock's side. So, like, as far as 
thinking wrestling and continuity and storylines, CM Punk clotheslining The Rock is not necessarily shocking. Um, they're kind of hinting at a, a character change, which I think is good for Punk, because we've spoken on the show numerous times that he has gotten a little bit boring. Um, but it, to me, it's not shocking. Writing-wise, it's not shocking that a CM Punk would clothesline The Rock because he was not supportive of The Rock. I mean, your thoughts on this turn? Well, I think personally, like like you said, he got boring and he needed he needed a change up. And uh, you know, the, the heel stuff that he had done in the past with the Straight Edge Society, and even when he you know was the leader of the New Nexus, was good stuff. Um, but it had to, the turn, it had to happen against a guy like The Rock, somebody that it was going that it was going to garner the reaction that it did with the overwhelming amount of booze. Because if he did that to John Cena, the place would have lit up. I mean, you heard it, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. You know, let's go Cena, CM Punk, you know. Like the crowd was split. But The Rock is overwhelmingly popular just in about any town he's in. And... uh you know, it had to happen against a guy like him, and it's and it's also setting up the 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 possible match between the two of them for the title at the Royal Rumble, which we can get into later. Um, I think I think if this was the big the beginning of a big angle, I think it, I think it worked because it's he didn't he didn't do anything after he didn't cut a promo he didn't like you know flip the fans off or anything like that he clotheslined the Rock then he gave him the the the, the go to sleep. And he got up and he left. And, you know, at first I thought that it wasn't going to, because Rock's such a bigger guy than him, and when he put him in the go to sleep, I was like, all right, it's going to come off looking bad because Punk can't, you know, lift a guy as big as Rock. But Rock sold that at least really well with the go to sleep. Um, and he just got up and left, and it got it, and it got me, this viewer, to want to tune in next week to see what he's going to do or what he's going to say and why he did it. So it worked. Um, I liked it, and it's a, it's a it's a change in pace for for CM Punk. Um, and also, the other thing too is in recent years we've seen dominant babyface champions. Okay, basically, you know, whatever sells the T-shirts. So you've seen John Cena with the belt a lot. Now Sheamus has got the title. Punk was a babyface, you know, at one time with with the belt. Now he's a heel. And it looks like they want to keep him as champion. They keep bringing up his record of like surpassing like Hogan's third reign or or, or, or Shaw, one of, you know one of John Cena's reigns or Shawn Michaels' reign. They, they they're really trying to etch it in that he's going to be. It seems like he's going to be a long-term champion. I wouldn't be surprised if he has that title until the Royal Rumble or even WrestleMania for that matter next year. Um, so seeing a dominant heel champion. For a longer period of time, um, other than in recent years like Mark Henry and Daniel Bryan, this is cool. I like it, and I, I look forward to seeing where it's going to go. I think it's going to be good. I, I will apologize right now because this is not my thinking. Um, and, you know, you, you tool around on the Internet and you read a lot of things, and I, I forget who said this, but I saw this somewhere on Facebook, and it was a really interesting point, and I want to bring it up. And if you're listening, give us a call, and I'll give you credit for it, 347-838-9815. But someone's take on this, which I found really interesting, was when you go back to last summer, 
and the angle they ran with CM Punk. And, uh, you know, Punk went into that whole thing a heel. Um, leading with the, the championship belt, that whole, you know, coming out of the uh, the pipe bomb, the first, the first pipe bomb uh, promo, that great promo he cut last year. Um, the, the, this person, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they said that what happened was the WWE, because of how Sam Punk was, had to turn him face. They had to listen to what the fans were saying because he was just getting huge pops when he came out, and there was no way they could keep him as a heel, so they turned him face. Maybe that was not initially their plan. Maybe they they thought, you know, he's going to be one of the top heels in the company, and we're going to go with him being a heel. But the universe spoke. He had They had to turn him face. And that now, coming out of this year, we'll get kind of almost the completion of the summer of punk that should have happened last year. They let him stay face. They turned him face. They let him stay a face as long as that could go until it really started burning out. Now they turn him heel, and they're going to let him run with it. I thought that was an interesting take because it, it would make sense. I mean, last year, whether it was planned or not, they kind of had to turn him face. Um, it's, it's an interesting heel turn. I'd like to go to our Facebook page because then the heel turn occurred, and we don't know if this is how everything's going to pan out in the future, but we asked, are you Team Punk or Team Rock? Anthony Charles Buchanan tells us Team Punk. Hashtag Team Best in the World. Our man Tony is Team Punk. Justin, a uh, guy you know closely, Dave. Just uh, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Um, Michelle DeGee, uh, that's a tough one. Not as cut and dry for me as Team Cena. Never thought I'd see the day when I'd say Team Punk. So I'll have to see how this pans out. Maybe I'll start a blog about it. Ooh. So, uh, and we have Christine Lepari Foreman said, Croc, C-R-O-C-K, Croc still sucks. Team Punk. So it's interesting that it's, uh, you know, they're, they're going heel. They're obviously turning him heel, but uh, still more people as far as our Facebook page uh, still team punk. So it should be interesting to see how this this comes about. And let's parlay this into the next segment because uh, 21% of the vote on your favorite Raw segment is The Rock's announcement. So we can tie this into Punk's turn. Uh, The interesting thing about The Rock and his schedule, and, and no one's really, you know, knows exactly what the deal is with The Rock and his schedule, but as far as The Rock as character, it, this is interesting to me, because The Rock, the the character The Rock, would not stand for this greasy, tattooed punk to give him a GTS and clothesline out of nowhere. He would not stand for that. He would make sure he's back on Monday Night Raw to break something off in Punk's ass. So it's interesting now with the whole storyline. I mean, you had John Cena and The Rock, and they had a great run going into WrestleMania. It was, for the most part, verbiage. Uh, you know, they they didn't put their hands on each other, which was part of the you know, growing of tension between the two of them. This this confrontation between Punk and Rock has gotten physical immediately. 
and the Rock and Punk got the upper hand. Punk laid out the Rock. Character-wise, the Rock should be back on Monday Night Raw to take care of CM Punk. We all know that's not going to be the case because uh, you know the Rock has his his movie things and his celebrity things and all that other stuff. So it does come back to that whole like Cena thing. Well, one guy's here week in and week out, and one guy's not. Um, curious your thoughts. Like, how do they go? Like, do, do you think The Rock at least has to say something on, on Monday night? I mean, he got laid out. The Rock character would not stand for this sort of physical beatdown. Yeah, I, oh, I do agree. I mean, the way they left it with him, especially being as, you know, The Rock, um, you one would think that, oh, he's got to come back on Monday and at least say something to Punk or make, make it known that, you know, he's not going to let that, you know, let that fly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe on Monday they show the footage in a video package with all the dramatic music and the graphics and, and then they, they play up the heel turn that Punk has, you know, made and then a tweet comes out from earlier today and Rock will say something then. I wouldn't be surprised if Rock um, somehow at some point, you know, they here and there does like little videos and to set up eventually him and Punk for the Royal Rumble. Um, where I could, if you, if you, if, if you don't mind for a minute, where I could see this going is, um, I, I, like I said, I, I mentioned earlier, Punk could eventually be the, cha- you know, I, I could see him being the champion going into the Royal Rumble, even as far as the WrestleMania. Um, it looks like they want to do Punk and Rock. Number one, I think they want to do Punk and Rock because I think, number one, the verbiage would be good between the two of them because they're, they both can talk. Um, secondly, um, a, a fresh matchup, something that hasn't been done before. And you do it for the title of the Royal Rumble. And let's just say, for argument's sake, The Rock wins the championship at the Royal Rumble, okay? This is what I think I'd like to see personally as a fan. This is me being a fan. I'm going to put my, my, uh, put my pencil down and, uh, you know, start booking away. And Rock wins the title, Royal Rumble. Get backstage. Everybody's clapping, celebrating. Oh, my God, he's still got it. He's the champ, this, that, and the other. All the guys in the locker room are happy for him, all the baby faces, you know. And then he runs into John Cena, and John Cena looks at him and he's like, "Now I know what I got to do," which could, which and he and he's going to enter the Royal Rumble. You know, it's already been announced he's going to enter the Royal Rumble. So Cena's in the Rumble. He starts clearing house a little bit. Now, if you remember last year's Royal, this past year's Royal Rumble, uh, they went on to say all superstars are eligible. Well, Punk could easily come into the Royal Rumble. At that point, he dumps Cena out. And Punk ends up winning the Royal Rumble. He's like a late entry. So not only does Punk have an automatic rematch clause in the title in the title picture, but now he's got a ticket to WrestleMania too. So he's got a plan A and a plan B. So let's say for just 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 for argument's sake, you do Punk and Rock on a special Raw, even though it's three hours. You know, it, it'll be special, it'll be a big deal. Rock makes his return to wrestle on Raw. You get the two of them in the match, the rematch for the title. Somehow Cena ends up screwing Punk. That's one title shot down that he lost. You go to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Don't have The Rock wrestle. Have him make a special appearance. You hype that match up as you hype that pay-per-view up as the Chamber matches, and you hype up Punk versus Cena. Punk Cena forces Punk to give him the match for the title shot, and 
with the notion that if Punk wins, he goes to WrestleMania and he'll obviously get his match with Rock again. But Cena obviously wants the match with the Rock for the title. So Cena says to Punk, "Well, if I if if you win, you get the title shot, and I'll never ever compete for the title ever again as long as the two of us are in the same company. Don't do oh I'll leave or I'll get fired because they've done that with him a million times. I mean that, that that joke got old a long time ago, especially after the first time when he wore his knee pads after he bought tickets. I'm not wearing knee pads to wrestling event to buy tickets, so he shouldn't either. Anyhow, you do that match. Yeah, maybe we should." I mean, we should just start. I think next year's WrestleMania, we should dress up as some wrestlers. Like no, I'll or be John just, just wear knee pads. Well, what was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could be John Laurinaitis for knee pads. My <laughs> voice gets hoarse every year at WrestleMania to begin with, so it would work. I lose good my point. Voice you, WrestleMania. you start channeling your, your best Laurinaitis uh, post-WrestleMania. You know what, Dave? We're going to go out to the phones, and I believe this is Dank. Dank, are you there? Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing wonderful, Dank. How are you this fine Sunday evening? Um, Tired as all hell after having moved out of my apartment and now being stuck at work. But other than that, enjoying my usual Sunday afternoon listening to you guys. You live in Florida. What do you got to complain about, for Christ's sakes? You try moving in 100-degree weather and then tell me you're not complaining. Hey, I cook in 100-degree weather, butthole, all right? So, <laughs> Where's the show going? Hey, hey, Dank, um, I know, yeah. like, obviously you're not going to be in, in uh, Genesis. Are you going to be in Connecticut next week? No. Okay. Because we are running a contest. We're running for the next two clips. They would win a VIP uh, package to uh, meet Rebby Sky and Matt Hardy. Um so you are the first of those callers to win. Uh, if you can't make it, uh, we'll get your information, and we could uh, just send you out two autograph pictures. Okay. That sounds good. All right. Congratulations. You know, we'll throw in a Ken Reedy Show T-shirt as well. Oh, sweet. So uh, at some point, our producer will, will get the information to send that stuff out to you. But you won two autograph pictures and a Ken Reedy Show T-shirt. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Very appreciated. So what do you got for us? Um, all right. Well, let's see. My favorite part of the 1,000 Raw episode has to be when uh, Triple H and Stephanie were in the ring. And the reason why is because as much as I liked seeing DX and seeing all these old school wrestlers to which were still around for the most part when I started watching. When Stephanie entered that ring, it just felt like that era where Triple H and Stephanie were running the show, like you could feel the intensity the moment she walked in, just like that look on her face, like she was ready to take on Paul one-on-one. I thought they were going to throw down right then and there. But just like the, the power couple of the company in the ring, which we haven't seen in a while. And to me, it just felt like like that, above anything else, felt like a slice of the past coming back. And that's why I, as a fan, enjoyed it more than anything else in that show. I mean, yeah, the, the fact that Stone Cold wasn't there um, was missed, but um, I think that 
if they knew he wasn't going to be there because of medical reasons, um, they should have, like, posted it somewhere or announced it somewhere, or he could have even come in, quote-unquote, through satellite saying, hey, sorry I can't be there, I had surgery, because it's not like he knew, like, it wasn't like emergency surgery that he had to have. He knew he wouldn't be there. And I think as a fan of Stone Cold, I was let down the fact that he couldn't take a couple minutes to just send a message saying, sorry, I can't be there, but congratulations to Raw for a thousand episodes. But that's just... I, I, I You bring up real good points. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of thought that, too, that they could have done something with the show to, uh, I, I don't know, like add him in via satellite. You know, we, they had the technology uh, that, that would have made a lot more sense. Um and I, I do agree with you. I've always loved Stephanie. I, I, you know, as far as the two kids go, I mean, Shane O'Mac was crazy, and a lot of the stuff he did in the ring was just absolutely nuts. But when I look at those two kids, two kids, uh, the, the, the spawn, the, the hell spawn of uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon, um, I always thought Stephanie was the one that really had uh, the man genes. Um, I always thought she brought a lot to the, to the table. I always liked what she brought as far as her, her promo work. Um, I just always found Stephanie uh, very entertaining, and I always saw her as the heir apparent. It was on TV. I always saw her kind of slot in as a, a replacement to Mr. McMahon. Um, she's Maybe she's more or less a stay-at-home mother now. We'll never see that, but um, I always liked her, so I, I agree with you. Is there any um, other other moments on Raw that you enjoyed watching? Um, I do like the whole new storyline with The Rock involved, the wanting to take back the title, and I can't wait to see where that goes. Um, I actually heard Dave when he was talking about what he'd like to see happen. Um, what I'm thinking is they really want to sell WrestleMania is if The Rock does win the title at um, the Royal Rumble and Punk is entitled to a rematch, if Cena wins the Royal Rumble, how about a three-way at WrestleMania for the title between Punk, Cena, and Rock? You know, it's interesting. I, I'm i not a big fan of three-ways. I could see that. Um you know, those these three have been idea. tied to the, the title for a while. Uh, it gets, you know, that they had the once-in-a-lifetime monitor uh, with Roxena, so it'll kind of eliminate having to do, oh, wait, sorry, it's twice-in-a-lifetime, um, adding a triple threat kind of thing. Um, you know, and it, it puts the Rock in the main event, but it gives you an opportunity to write The Rock out of the storyline because obviously he's not going to be there week in and week out. So, uh, yeah. again, I'm not the biggest fan of the triple threats, but I I could see them going that direction. Dave? Yeah, no, I could too. I mean, my idea was, you know, eventually you get to Rock Cena too um, for the title to make it more important than this past year's match. But if they went the triple threat route, I wouldn't be bothered by it either. Um, I think... I think making Punk, I think the whole storyline about how Punk is overshadowed by guys like Cena and Rock and all them, I think they would have to tie into that if you get Punk in the title mix for WrestleMania next year. Um, so, uh, I mean, 
think that you know that's a, that's a great idea. I I, I do like it. Um, you know, so if they didn't eventually go with you know my end result, like I said, was the best Cena Rock two for the title, um, and then eventually Cena would walk away with the title um, and evening it up at one at a piece between the two of them. Um, but if they did, if they threw Punk in the mix. I, I got no problem with it. I think it would help. I think it would help Punk and make him more of a a, a a a bigger star in WWE than he already is. If you put him in the main event, the last match for the title with John Cena and The Rock, to be huge. And I think it I think it would work well with the three of them. Because I mean, I, I I was listening. Like how you said, there was a stipulation of you know if I lose, I'll never um, I'll never go for the belt again as long as we're in the same company, which I can see. But I think that both Punk and Athena are still pretty much in their, like, they got too much of the company on their shoulders to never want to go for the title again. I think it's too early, so to speak, in their career. It's not like they're anywhere near their way out to where it doesn't matter anymore that if they win the belt again or not. I think that both of them, with a lot, they, they both have a long career left in the company to have a stipulation of, if I lose, I'll never go for the title again. That's all good points, but, as always, Dank. You got anything else for us? Um, No, other than just asking you guys, what what would you guys like to see on this past Monday that, for you, would have, like, really made it the best show of the year? Like, what do you think was ultimately just missing or a wrestler that you would have loved to see that you didn't get to see? But other than that, no. Cool, and Dank. Thanks for the call. Hope to hear from you next week. Always a pleasure. No problem. Bye, guys. Interesting. Um, and we're gonna go out to the, the phone such a minute in a minute, and we had someone on hold. But uh, uh, your, th- I mean, I it's weird. Like looking at this this last week. I mean, the obvious is Stone Cold, uh, just being there in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what else I, I would have necessarily added where it would have. Made the show kick ass. I mean, maybe if the the matches were, you know, if, if there was a classic thrown in there, if there was like really a classic match that, uh, you know, and it, I don't care who it was between, but it was just a match that that really kind of captivated, um, you know, that would have been interesting. Um, I like Don's idea with the memorial, but uh, the glaring, obviously, the, the biggest thing is Stone Cold not being there because. You know, he's part of Raw. I mean, I'm, I'm admittedly a, a Hogan mark, um, but when it's a Raw, you know, special, he, when I don't look at Hogan's career at, at, like, really being tied to Raw. You know, if it was a WWE celebration, then, yeah, I, I, I would feel like Hogan has to be. I don't think Hogan has to be there for a, a Raw celebration. Um Stone Cold is one of the guys that just had to be there. So uh, him not being there kind of took away from it. I'm not saying his presence would have made it classic, but that's the biggest omission. I think maybe if we had a, a classic match uh, thrown in there, a real, you know, great, you know, match that you came out of the, the uh, show talking about, uh, that that would have made it a little more special. Uh, anything obvious for you, Dave? Well, you, you mentioned Austin, obviously, and, you know, he did go on Twitter saying that he had surgery on his knee. I mean, he said he didn't want to be, you know, walking down to the ring in crutches, you know, to, to make an appearance. And I don't blame him, you know, because that's obviously people don't want to see him that way. They want to see him as the, you know, the ass kicker. 
Um, I would like to have seen, to, to be honest with you, I mean, overall, if they brought him in, I mean, that would have been the cherry on top of the Sunday for me. Um, you know, if you really wanted to overload the show, I mean, it would have been cool if they brought in, like, Shane McMahon. Absolutely. I think he had, you know, some, some pretty cool moments on Raw. Um, some funny stuff I would like to have seen maybe, like, a, it, it, we talk about throwbacks and classics. This isn't exactly a classic in terms of wrestling, uh, you know, uh, technical wrestling, but um, if you remember back in 99, they had a match with the Mean Street Posse and uh, the Stooges, Patterson and Briscoe. It would have been kind of cool if they brought those two two teams together and did a match on Raw, um, just, you know, because it was one of the highest, in fact, that was, that was, I think, one of the highest rated Raws that they had ever done um, that night, and that, that segment was pretty high up. Um, but what I would have liked to have seen on this past Monday's Raw was I thought the use of Bret Hart wasn't really the greatest. He came out and he was a ring announcer for the match with Miz and Christian. Like, maybe if he was a referee or if he was in somebody's corner or, uh, you know. But I, I, he, he came out and he introduced both guys and that was it. He didn't even announce the winner. And he's a special ring announcer. So yeah, that's a good I, point. I, I, I did, although I did like, you know, me and Bret kind of agree on, on the Miz. I like the way he introduced the Miz. Yeah, and yeah, that was pretty cool. The Miz. Uh, but, yeah, they probably could have used him more effectively. But, uh, you know, a good show. would have been tough to make it, you know, something to add, add to the classic. I mean, if they wanted to do something, and I know I said he wasn't necessary. But if there was a moment on Raw where, like, Hogan was available and there was a Rock Hogan moment, that that would have been great for me. Um, but, again, I don't think Hogan is really needed for Raw. But if, if they had Rock... And they, they did something the two of them. Uh, that would have been cool. Uh, but we're going to go back out to the phones. And I believe it's Adam on the line. Are you there? Hey, Ken. Hey, how you doing? Oh, doing good tonight. Where so it's funny. Louisiana. Louisiana. We're giving away, uh, you know, packages. Uh, so I'm assuming you're from Louisiana, so you're not going to be in Connecticut next week. But we'll be sure to mail out. Uh, autograph pictures of Matt and Reggie, and we're going to throw in a Ken Reedy Show t-shirt as well. So my producer All will get right. from you. Uh, but congratulations. Uh, we have such a broad fan base. People are calling in, not from the area, but we'll get you the, uh, the autograph Yeah. I'm so congratulations. What did you think of this past fall? In um, Jersey. What was that? I said I met you up at the Russo shoot up in Jersey. Yes, yes. Uh, it was a very interesting shoot. I was, it was a good time. Uh, did you did you catch this past week's Raw? Oh, I was out of town, but I, today earlier I was I went through it on YouTube, went through the highlights and watched you know the big moments. But this may sound funny, but I was I was a big I was um, marking out to see the return of Sean Mooney. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Really, that was the highlight for you? I mean, I was watching Raw when the first episode aired in 93. I was uh, about nine at the time. Yeah, and I was, you know, a big fan of primetime wrestling back in the early 90s and the whole, you know, Manhattan Center when they did that. But I guess the best part of the show, uh, I like the like the legend the legend segment was, was, was kind of neat. They did the whole, I, I mean, keeping up with, on YouTube and seeing, you know, what they've been doing. They're kind of doing, like, the whole 
revamping the whole Rob. They did it with Rob Conway a couple years ago when they had all the legends in the ring and he came out and they beat him up. So it seems like they brought that back with Slater and he's kind of like the whipping boy and the legends go ahead and um, I like the nostalgia parts, you know, the, the bringing back the legends and Slick, you know, and um, Sid and Vader. I guess those are my favorites. Do you, do you think like moving forward now, especially with the, the three-hour Raws, that uh, you know, adding uh, a segment or, or bringing some of the legends back for different segments would uh, help, you know, spacing out a uh, three hours of entertainment each and every week. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Well, definitely for people in there who used to watch back in, in a day and, and give Legends another payday. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, because I was thinking the other day, I said, you know, you get all these fan fests, and now you have your um, 90s guys and your 80s and your Backlands and Snookas and, and a whole range of them, like Matt Hardy, like you said. But I was thinking, what's, what's the whole Legends fan fest going to be 10, 15 years from now when the Dolph Zigglers and the Kofi Kingstons, those are the legends. Are these fan fests still going to have the same appeal as they do now when you go to see, you know, Snooker and Morocco and, and Backlund and um, guys like that? It, it's I, I think it's an excellent question because I don't – I think, like to me, the way wrestling is now, especially in the WWE, you're all—it's almost built to age out. Like once you become yeah. like 15, yeah. 16 years old, you stop watching. I mean, it's interesting. And I, I just watched—actually, I just watched today the uh, the real story of WrestleMania, the uh, the DVD, and it's amazing right. watching the crowds. Very good DVD. But you watch the crowds yeah. of like the first WrestleManias, even like up through ten and. A little bit after that, actually, I shouldn't even say a little bit after that, even up to like 20 and a little bit after that, when they scan the crowd, it's men. It's adult yeah. men are in the crowd. Some women, you know, there are a few children, but when the camera would scan the crowd, it was men. And and we held, right. you know, we kind of stayed with wrestling. We watched wrestling as, as kids, and we stuck with it, and we went to live events, and we were old enough to afford it. Now mm-hmm. it's like it's it's so family friendly. It's almost like Disney. As a kid, I liked Disney, and now I I don't watch it as much anymore. Um, it is interesting. Well, you, have you seen Timeline with '95 with Kat, Kevin Nash? Recently came out from Kayfabe commentaries where he chronicles a year of '95, which was an interesting year. How they were um, competing with Disney as far as ratings, and that was kind of like the real cartoonish, kid friendly year for WWE. I guess it's kind of reverted back to that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's a good point because I can't I can't fathom and and I could be wrong, but I can't fathom, you know, year from now a Dolph Ziggler garnering that same uh, prestige and respect as a Mister Wonderful kind of would would garner today when you go to those legends things. So. Uh, it's interesting to see how the the business will evolve. Uh, so, you know, we met at the U shoot for uh, Russo. Anything else uh, you're involved in in the upcoming months? Oh, not right now. Possibly some stuff in Wisconsin with Death versus Luke Hadley Productions. That's you know, I don't have, I don't have a definite date with that yet. But I don't know if you're into that that style of you know 
that more hardcore style of stuff. But I'll keep you posted if I have any additional information. Well, yeah, give us a call, you know, and uh, we'll promote whatever you're you're up to. Uh, Adam, thanks for calling. Hope to hear from you again real soon. All right. Take care. Take it easy. So, uh, yeah, interesting about the legend. I, I, I do wonder uh, when you, you know, when you think when we go to these fan fests and these legend signings, you know, and, you know, I'm I'm 40 years old and I, I met Jimmy Snuka and I'm just, you know, floored. Uh, by just getting to shake hands with them, by by standing next to Snook in Morocco, by uh, you know taking a picture with Mr. Wonderful and and Bobby Heenan, um, you know downright giddy when I got to meet Hulk Hogan. Um, you know our kids now, and there's no way to know, there's no right answer, but our kids right now uh, who are watching, who are five, six, seven, eight years old, when they're forty, are they going to pay to go and meet Adolf Ziggler? To go in and meet, you know, a CM Punk. Uh, you know, God, what is CM Punk going to look like when he ages? <laughs> All those tattoos are going to look bad when he's a legend. Uh, interesting stuff, but Dave, you know what it's time for. I think I do. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. All right. Yes. It's time for the nod of approval. That nod of approval is something in the world of pro wrestling that you just enjoyed this week. That you sat back on your couch, you watched, and you nodded and said, yes, that worked. We do this each and every week on the Ken Reedy Show. We just pick something that just stuck out for us. And uh, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, we ask for your nod of approval. We got one response this week. Steve McMackey, his nod of approval goes to Cesaro and wants them to put the U.S. title on him. Up-and-coming star, a defeated Santino past week. Um so he gives just him the nod of approval. Dave, who's got your nod this week? I said marriage. <laughs> marriage. My nod of approval obviously goes to Slick. He saved whatever that wedding segment was supposed to be. He was, uh, you know, it's too bad. You know, you mentioned earlier that the legends could talk. They got to bring them out more because you know they they they, they get it and. You know, he totally saved, and you know he's a he's a pastor in 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 real life. He's he, so he's done this before, um, so this wasn't foreign to him. Obviously, this was in a stage setting, but um, just his overall delivery and his performance in it. It's too bad that like he's such an old timer that most of the people didn't even know who he was, and I was afraid that when he came out and he did his shtick that the people weren't really going to follow it too much because they didn't know who he was. But he was right there along with them, and they were right back with him. When they were doing the what, and he did the, the marriage, and then, you know, even some of his facial expressions. I mean, he's just he, – he's, he's, a, he's a class act. He's a pro. And I, he was, he's one of my favorite managers of all time. He's right up there with – I mean, obviously, Bobby Heenan's my favorite, and Bobby Heenan's the greatest manager of all time. But I put Slick in there at, at, at number two, in my personal opinion, for entertainment value and what he brought. To, to the wrestling game, and you know, I'd like to see a little more, you know, a little more slick more often. Even if he came out and managed somebody, like maybe even a Ryback, you know, or uh, 
you know, but I enjoyed his, I, I, I enjoyed what he did Monday night. The wedding segment, in my opinion, was awful. Um, and he, uh, you know, he saved it with his, with his delivery and his performance and the whole thing. And, uh, it made it very, very entertaining for me. So my nod of approval goes to the Dr. Spizow Slick. Yeah, you bring up all good points of what Slick did. And, you know, I mean, yeah, Bobby Heenan's the best manager of all time. But to be honest, and, you know, Bobby Heenan was masterful at, at running storylines, uh, you know, long-term. You know, in, in a long storyline, Bobby Heenan was great. But you know what? Short-term... You need a, a manager that's come out to the ring with a microphone and, and get the audience going. You might take Slick over Heenan in that sort of setting. I mean, that guy knows how to talk. Being a preacher helps. And you're right. That, I mean, that uh, that segment was all but dead. And, uh, you know, it really kind of saved it at least a bit. And, and like I said, when we were watching it, that was the segment where the non-wrestling fans um, – Got into it. They got into slick, so uh, that worked. My nod of approval this week, as luck would have it, as we space out this show, this right here, this is just good radio right here, all right? Because as it turns out, the top spot on our poll, what was your favorite Raw moment? This segment won, and it got my nod of approval. I, I was pumped watching this Um it's the Triple H, Brock, Stephanie, Heyman sequence. I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I know Triple H gets a lot of criticism. Um, my, I've always liked Triple H. I know banging Stephanie doesn't help his cause. Um, I'm not a big fan of goofy Triple H. I like intense Triple H. We got intense Triple H. Uh, when you talk about good promo work, you want to hit the who, what, when, where, how. They hit that. Uh, you had guys that are all good on, good to great on the microphone. You have a guy, Brock Lesnar, who's horrible on the microphone. They didn't give him a microphone. He just came down and, and kicked ass. Uh, like Dank said, you brought Stephanie into the mix. They paced that whole segment really well. The confrontation with Triple H and Heyman that led to... Stephanie coming out, uh, the mention of their children, making it a bit more personal uh, between them. Uh, I thought everything about it worked in, in that, that segment. And, you know, look, you, say what you will about Triple H. Triple H is a talented guy, uh, and he gets it. He does get the business. He's got a mind for this business, and that whole segment worked. Heyman is masterfully cast right now. Uh, in that role as uh, as Brock Lesnar's uh, legal representation, uh, getting his ass kicked by Stephanie was awesome. Um, you know how they goaded him into saying yes for the match at SummerSlam was was great. You know the cerebral assassin manipulates everything to uh, get the match he wanted. Um, I thought just everything about this well paced, well thought out, entertaining intense, and with a fight, looking forward to SummerSlam. I just thought every bit of that sequence and that segment worked out well. So we got Slick and the Triple H, Brock Lesnar debacle. Get our nods of approval. 
the Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. And there you have it, our not approval, as we're running short on time. Exciting show this week, dissecting Raw 1000, uh, getting back to the Triple H segment on Raw. Interesting, and I'd like to get your opinion on Dave on this, but my thoughts going into this, I think you build up the intensity, you build up the rivalry, That's the, that, that sequence of events that happened on Raw were great, um, but I think ultimately... Triple H has to get killed. And to me, like almost in a borderline squash. I know that they're they're really marketing the hell out of this match going into SummerSlam, or they're going to market the hell out of this, but to me, it's got to be an absolute squash. And it's funny, because I remember way back when reading comic book, uh, when Bane was introduced uh, back in the day in the comic book, and there was a, if I remember correctly, there was a frame where Batman puts his cowl on and goes after Bane and says basically something like, I have one last fight left in me. And as a reader, you're thinking, now Batman is going to vanquish this ultimate evil. And Bane just kills him. Just beats the holy hell out of him. And I feel like this needs to be something like that. That we need to, as fans, they need to sell. To sell the hell out of Triple H is the hero that is finally going to destroy this monster in the WWE. And Brock just has to kill him. It has to be violent. Um, To me, leading up to an eventual match at WrestleMania between Brock and Taker, um, I I think, like I said, borderline squash, Brock has to kill Triple H. Your thoughts? I couldn't agree with you more. I think it would help. I think it would help uh, his standing if they're going to go on that route with Undertaker. I mean, Brock came back and had one match, and that was with Cena, and he did put a beating on him, but he lost the match. And I thought, in some ways, he lost a little bit of you know credibility from a character standpoint. Um, beating a guy like Triple H, um, I think, would help. Um, killing him, basically, in, in, in a sense, um, would definitely help in his road to eventually Undertaker at. Uh, next year's WrestleMania, if that's the route that they want to go, um, it's got and and it, like I said, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. It's, that that my, to me, in my opinion, that's what's got to happen. Do I think it will happen? I don't know. Um, and you also got to play in Brock's schedule too. Do they want to build him up and make him this superhuman monster um, and have him beat basically? one of the heads of the company, and then he'll disappear for about three or four months until he comes back to TV again. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're paying him a lot of money. I think um, – I don't think it's necessarily going to be a total squash, um, but I think Brock will end up walking away the winner somehow. Um, and I think I think the WWE is going to have control. Obviously, they will have control over that because they, you know, write it and do whatever they want with it. But, um, you know, like I said, playing to Brock's schedule – and uh, do they really want to kill off Triple H like that, make him look bad? Um, so uh, we'll see. But I do agree. He needs he needs to basically have a dominant victory over Triple H. And it can also eventually lead to something bigger for Triple H that, you know, this old dog is pretty much on his last legs. Like Undertaker. Yeah, I mean, I look, I look at this match almost like, even if it's not a squash, that there should be like an obnoxious opinion. 
I almost like Lesnar just standing on Triple H's chest. Or Triple H just done. Or even the ref saying Triple H is unable to continue. Just something that's really killing me. Um, we have reached that point in the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for building and building this show. This is the Ken Reedy Show. It's always Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. We'll be talking wrestling with you next week. Remember, August 4th, Matt Revy Sky at Steel, Connecticut. Major September. And September 8th, special guest ring announcer. I will be there for Wrestle Jam in Shelton, Connecticut. For the Blues and Blues. I am Ken Reedy, the best in pro wrestling talk. Talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.